message you're about listening to is a sermon by Bishop George Ajiman, the General Overseer of Winnish Chapel, Ghana. Be encouraged, inspired, and uplifted as he brings the word of life to your spirit and soul. Now, a continuation of the previous message. What are the three words I used to describe the place of love in the Christian's life? Number one, it is very crucial. Number two, it is essential. Number three, <laughs> amen. That is the capacity of man. We hear and we convince ourselves that we have heard. But when we ask, what did you hear? Say, uh, okay, I'll tell you. Now I'm busy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right? Because God knows the nature of man, he said, look, this new commandment that I have given you, you by yourself will never be able to get it accomplished, so I will give you a helper. All right? And this helper will teach you. Not only will he teach you, he will also bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. All right. Where is that one written? Mm. See why you need the Holy Spirit. The helper, he will teach you and bring all things to your remembrance. Where is it written? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Where is it written? No, I didn't say say it. I said raise your hand. How are you feeling like that? I said raise your hand. Not all of you can raise your hand. Hmm. So God knows you. Amen. God knows you well, well. That you are sitting here, and Bishop said this not five minutes ago. You know, when you come to sit here, you put your mind in a church mood. Church. We are in church. Don't disturb. Don't shake yourself. Don't chew gum. Don't do. So. You know why some people sleep? Because they put their thinking into church mode. For the next 40 minutes, if God is fit, gracious to us, otherwise in the next one hour, Bishop is going to talk. So body sit down. Get ready for one hour non-stop talk. So by the time the body does 15 minutes, he say, ah, is that all? Okay, let me also take a break. Most of the time, what I say after 20 minutes becomes something difficult. Praise God. That is why God brought the Holy Spirit unto us. Because he knows that by ourselves alone, we are unable to accomplish what the requirements of love place on us. So brethren, the Christian faith is an overcoming faith. It's, it's a walk of victory. The help that we will ever need, God has already provided. So let us walk in it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to look at some of the characteristics of love. Probably, probably 
we will start and then we'll continue on Wednesday. Because every aspect of love, every strand, every nature, every virtue of love that is mentioned there, I want us to think about it and possibly find an example in our everyday lives. Amen. And it's, 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 we cannot finish it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and then we start from verse 4. This one is very, very practic- practical. Verse 4. Love suffers long. What does it mean? See, that is how I want us to be thinking about them. And there are so many of them that he has listed there. Love suffers long. I wish, I wish someone would be able to rise and give me practical example of what it means in your own life that love suffers long. For reading, we can read in one minute. But the practice, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. So it is important that when we hear love suffers long, what does it translate to in everyday living? Love suffers long. I want to alter the style of my message and then bring you in. So probably I will just read through them. We close, and then on Wednesday we'll come for practical sessions on the practice of love. Amen. So whatever we are going to read through, I want you to follow me and then look at your life and then jot down. Love suffers long. Have I experienced it? If I have experienced it, what is my experience? You you get the point. Because those are the things that Jesus Christ is telling us. The new commandment he has given us is to love one another. And now he's given us the characteristics of love. And the first thing he is saying is love suffers long. So I want you to be able to raise your hand and say, Bishop, I have experienced that in my life. Love suffers long. And then I will ask you, what is your experience? And you will be surprised. That may be the challenge of somebody else. Somebody else is going through it. And he thinks, oh, it is suffocating. It is... (laughs) Um, Recently... The Women's Fellowship organized a day with the bishop at the Bible School Hall. Maybe, maybe last month. All right? And then I came in with a friend of mine. That friend, he has been here before some seven years ago. He came to talk about couples without children. If, if you were around, we did a three-day seminar. All right? So I invited him. 
He was with me when I was going. I said, oh, let's go together, the woman. And then he took the microphone and he said, to help the couples without children. Yes, the couples that have not been able to have their own children, they formed an association. For instance, in this church, if there are anybody that is married and you don't have a child yet, we come together. So there were a group of people that were there. And then there was this young couple that had been married six months. For them, it is an issue. We have been married six months. The woman hasn't taken in seed. So they went for the meeting. And then the moderator said, okay, everybody rise and tell us your name and your experience. Then somebody stood up. Me and my wife, this is our name. We have been married two years. We don't have a child. The six months old people were there. And then another couple stood up. Me and my wife, we have been married for five years. We don't have a child. Then the six-month-old six couple were there. Then another couple, we are, we are married for three years, no child. By the time somebody stood and said, we have been married seven years, no child, the woman told the husband, the six-month woman, excuse me, let us go. You, you, you see the power of testimony? He said, let us go. We are in the wrong place. This is not the place for us at all. Why? Why is the place not for you? Six months. Six months that somebody can even fast for six months without dying. By the time this six-month marriage, they heard the testimonies of the other people and then to kill the matter, crah, finish to put the nail in the coffin or the coffin in the nail. A couple stood up and said, we have been married for 18 years. We don't have a child. By the time it got to these people and they put the microphone for them, they didn't know what to say. If it were you, will you say something? <laughs> you, you get the point? <laughs> they realize that they haven't started the journey of long suffering. They haven't. Love suffers long. Now, how many families will tolerate a five-year marriage without child? You get it? Love, love suffers long. So you are married and for five years you don't have a child. What will you say to your wife? What will your wife say to you? Should a man wake up in the night to discover that pillow is wet? What will you say to your wife? To make matters worse, one Saturday morning as you're having breakfast, you hear knock on the door. 
The parents and the family of the young man have come. And following them is another girl. Uh, Kovi, we have come. You know, you are the only son we have in the family. And it is you we are all looking up to, to keep the family name going. We have waited five years. Haven't we tried, Kofi? Kofi, have we not tried five years? We are not seeing anything. So what do we do? Kofi, you see this lady? She is one touch. She is what? What will you do? Because it is at that moment that you should remember this, right? That love suffers more. You understand it? Uh-huh. Now, there are about 20 of them in, the, in, in that verse, from verse 4 to verse 8. This is how I want us to be talking one after the other on the aspects of love that the Bible has provided for us. Love suffers long. You have put your child in school. Primary one, primary two, primary three. He was doing well. Primary four, it looks like he's going down. Primary five, primary six, primary... What will you say to the child? What will you say to the child? Will you beat the child? Or you will help the child? You are a responsible parent. Now the child, instead of his academics going up, it is going down. What will you do? What will you do? It is at that time that it should be ringing in your ears and in your spirit. Love suffers long. Love suffers long. Love suffers long. All right? So in all situations... If only you will hear the saying of the Lord Jesus Christ and do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The next one is what? Love is kind. Love is kind. Who has an experience in love is kind? What does that mean? What does it tell me as a believer, as a child of God? What must I learn from this statement? Love is kind. Maybe you are married for four years. And as a wife, your birthday comes before your husband's birthday. As a wife, 
your birthday is March and your husband's birthday is June. So as a wife, every year you watch what your husband do to you. Then you do back to her, to him. All right? Because March. So you sit back waiting for the husband. And then March passes. He doesn't even remember. Cha! What will you do in June? What will you do in June? Love is... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Love is kind. Do you think if we take these little, little statements there and practicalize them and walk by them, some families have challenges. Don't you think those challenges will disappear? Number one, love suffers long. Number two, love is kind. Number three, love does not... That's another story. Some wives, when their husband comes from work, they take the shirt and they scrutinize with glasses. Kovi, this mark here, this red mark, it looks like the lips of a lady. Hey, Do you know, eventually the young, the young man, when he's coming home, he will pass by some public toilet, bring out the shirt, and check it front, back, side, up, down, everything. If nothing, then he goes home. <laughs> Amen. Maybe he is not even doing anything bad, though. But the mind of the wife is such that, hey, we were eating red, red, palm nut soup, and some just jumped and, hey, who gave you the palm nut soup? In fact, there are some men. If you answer the first question of the woman, you are in trouble. Because the following questions will be deeper and more complex. And if you keep quiet, it's a macho. How can you answer a woman and win? Keep quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's stop here. Wednesday will continue. I want us to take this one by one, all right? And then just comment on them. And then we'll give a forum for people to share their testimonies and everything. Praise the Lord. Is that all right? Because this is the new commandment he has given us. We must spend time looking at all of this closely. Bring it to our everyday life. These are the things that should engage our minds, our thoughts, our thinking, our actions, our everything. And as we go deeper into this, go deeper into this, and resolve issues among ourselves, we will be loving one another. 
And as we love one another, we will not fall into sin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we will leave verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8. Because he just lists them one by one, one by one, one by one. And we must have time to look at them. Praise God. So let's quickly read through and then see the scope of the assignment that we have for Wednesday. Verse 4. I have five points there. One, love suffers long. Two, love is kind. Three, love does not envy. Four, Love does not parade itself. Five, love is not puffed up. Verse five, four points there. One, love does not behave rudely. Two, love does not seek its own. Three, love is not provoked for love thinks no evil verse 6 we have two points there love does not rejoice in iniquity second point love rejoices in the truth Verse 7, four points. One, love bears all things. Two, love believes all things. Three, love hopes all things. Four, love endures all things. Verse 8, Love never fails. Two, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Praise the Lord. You see, I want us to give a practical example to each of these. And that is what we will do this coming Wednesday. So please, you go through it. Look at your life. Probably one of the challenges you are facing in your life has been mentioned here. I don't know. And we want to hear because as you are saying your own, you will be helping someone also to resolve his own issues. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So these are the things we want to be looking at this Wednesday in a very relaxed atmosphere each one of us will be able to express ourselves and then we will be practicing the nature of God, which is the nature of love. Amen. Finally, 1 John chapter 3, then we close. 1 John chapter 3, Look at it, very beautiful. First John chapter 3, verse 6. First John chapter 3, verse 6. 
ever abides in him. That him is who? Love. Is that right? That him is who? God. Right? God is love. Okay. Now verse 6. Whoever abides in him. What happens to him? What happens to him? Good. So is it possible for anybody to live on this earth without sin? <laughs> Your mind is not asking you to say it freely. Is it possible for anybody to live in this world without sin? <laughs> That's a question you should go home and think about. Is it possible for anybody to live in this world without sin? Hmm. Still, I'm not hearing the way I want to hear. Some are saying yes, but you know the softest yes. The yes that can be washed away very easily. I mean, even the way they are saying it, you know that this one, no gaboon. <laughs> Is it possible? Look at it. Whoever abides in him what <laughs> is it biblical is it in the bible <laughs> whoever abides in him the him is who god the him is who love so whoever practices Everyday love will not finish. Believe the Bible. Amen. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Full stop. Not a, a, a. All right. And then he continues. Whoever sins. Why? Who are the people that sin? The people that do not walk in love. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor. Very simple. You see why love becomes something you cannot just leave alone. If you leave love alone, you are falling into sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness, he who practices love, he who practices God, <laughs> is what? And every day we say, I am the righteousness of God. Amen. So let us back that one up with our everyday practice. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Praise the Lord. Verse 8. Let's see verse 8. What is in verse 8? Verse 8. He who sins is... <laughs> now... Question. Where are you from? Hmm. 
Where are you from? He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned uh, sin, uh, from the beginning. But for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we were of the devil until Christ came in. And when we received Christ, sin ceased, sin stopped, sin ended. When Jesus Christ said, it is finished. So the end of sin ushered us into the beginning of love. Amen. Ushered us into the beginning of love. And so long as we keep practicing love, sin will be far away from us. Amen. Verse 9. Let's look at verse 9, then we'll rise up. Whoever has been born of God... <laughs> I didn't know there were scriptures like that. Very emphatic on the subject of sin. But how many believers even know this? Very, very emphatic on the subject of sin. It is not negotiable. It is not maybe, maybe not. No, 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 no. Whoever has been born of God does not finish. Hey. Hey, Bishop. Now I'm not very sure whether I'm born of God or not because meaning baby I'm a free Okay, so we keep talking, all right? We keep talking so that we will be free from all of these things. But this is the point of Scripture. This is what Bible is saying. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For the seed of God is in him. So what should be coming out of you is not sin, but what? The fruits of love. Why? Because the seed of love is inside of you. Where did the seed come from? Because I am born of God. You see, this is where the church should be dwelling on over and over and over and over again. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For the seed of God remains in him and he and he, <laughs> see how the Bible is putting it? At first he said, does not sin. Now he's saying what? He cannot. We need to repair our mind though. We need to repair our mind plenty. Bible says he cannot sin. Huh? In this world, 21st century Ghana, except if you don't believe, whoever has been born of God does not sin. I'm so happy there is no gospel according to St. George. No. So that you say that this one, Bishop contributed in writing. Did you see gospel according to St. George in your Bible? No. We are reading what Holy Spirit said. Hmm? So don't say bishop, what do, this one you are saying, this is not bishop. This is first John. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Thank you for listening to this sermon by Bishop George Ajuman. We hope you have been blessed. To get more of this podcast, log on to our website, www.winnersghana.org. You can also follow his handle at Bishop George Ajuman on Facebook and SoundCloud. God richly bless you.